Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Seltzer. This is our fire edition. Um, how are you, Stacey? Well, I'm doing well because I'm home in North Carolina where it's, there's no smoke or anything. It's all just wet and rainy right now. But how are you doing, John? Well, I'm living in an episode of the Twilight Zone. Imagine, yeah. imagine that you lived in a small town of say 10,000 people and that it, and that the small town is off by itself and one day everybody left just everybody left all the businesses shut down and everybody went away um and now imagine going home um that's that's where we are it it became it started to become okay to return to the fire zone today so so everybody in town is starting to head back, but it's like they'll all be there for the first time. And this is sort of, yeah. when I travel, this is sort of a fantasy I have anyhow, which is that when I go away, everything stops. This time it did. Um, yeah. And so it's really, it's really strange. It's really strange. And I can think of multiple Twilight Zones episodes that match that to a T, right? That the one where the the person gets dropped down in the middle of a fake community, right? After he's been picked up by the very large alien child. It, right. That that's what it would yeah, right? You you sort of walk around and it's there but yet it's not working quite yet, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and so yes yes we can go home, but no there's no power and there's no hot water. Uh, so yeah. what that means is you can go home to clean out everything in the refrigerator is gross now. And <laughs> go home, clean everything out of the refrigerator, but you can't have a hot shower or a hot meal. So we're going to take it easy and go slow on the way home and, and probably be actually back around Sunday because we're we're lucky enough to have good insurance and we found a place to evacuate that's pretty and so so we're just gonna let it sit but it was it was an astonishing thing to go through um, not knowing if your house is going to be there when you get back and i know you probably know a little bit about this and, and our friends in florida and south carolina all understand leaving home and not knowing if your house is going to be there when you get back um but it, it was yeah, um, hurricane zones definitely, you, and, you know, you, and and not knowing. And it, I think you know the the other part is that when you do get back, if your neighbors were affected, right? So so maybe you were lucky enough, like you said, or your insurance covered well, so whatever water damage ever happened, right? But you know, uh, five or six streets over, someone's entire life was demolished, right? And and that's the other part that's really hard because your guys' town is what you were saying. They were protected by basically the firemen came in and protected it. Which meant everything outside of the town, right? Yep, yep. It was it was the hills and the mountains around the town that 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 was where the fire was big. They described it as a hurricane of fire, which was which was um, um, a, a particularly terrifying idea to me. And that's what the, that's what the firefighters dealt with is hundred mile an hour winds in a blazing forest. Um, um, and so, so there are these astonishing pictures of of showers of huge embers that, if the embers land on a the house, they set the house on fire. 
to big, big chunks of fire falling from the sky. And I'm glad I missed That's, that part. Uh, that is very surreal, yeah. I mean, and I, I, the one thing you have to, when you think about, we, we talk about HR technology and employees and, and their roles in organizations every day, but can you imagine an employee like that that, that that's not employee, it's a calling, right? But to to put your life online, to be in that kind of environment, um, wow, it's it's just wow, right? Yeah. You know, the the we often forget how important roles are in our lives until we absolutely need them. And I, I think you have posted, I know on Facebook, and maybe we'll put it on HR Examiner, um, you know, after it was along with all of our other articles, uh, some links on sort of how to support the firefighters and how to support the, the area oh, who needs help there, correct? Yeah, what a good idea. What a good idea. The firefighters need love. Um, they're still going to be working. The fire, so so we can go home, but the fire's not out. Um, they, yeah. they, 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 they describe the next phase as containment. And what containment means is that it can't get any bigger. Not that it's out. It's just that they've yeah. made sure that it can't get bigger. And so so right now, 60% of this um, fire is contained. The fire was the size of a 3 million person city. It's, it's, wow. it's huge. It's, it's 80,000 acres of land. Um, and and so they build a wall around it essentially, so it can't get out. Yeah. But then that, that's supposed to all be done by by this time next week. Then they have to go through and put everything out, so it may burn yeah. in places for months. Yeah, as long as it's got fuel, it'll keep going. And if you know, and, and then becomes the question in an area like yours where it's already dry and right, do you, do you sort of you wait for it to burn itself out? Do you expend the additional water? Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions and a lot of things they have to go through. Yeah, wow. Yep. Um, yep. Well, well, in all of that, John, I don't know how much thinking you've done about HR technology in the last week, but we do have a few things going on, so we can definitely sort of pull your mind a little bit out of I think the the um, personal Cutter. sort of pull my mind out of the yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, the the, the the get you to a point where you talk a little bit about HR technology, get your mind off of things. I know, I know. It's one thing I found whenever I was I go through stuff is that getting my mind off of it sometimes helps me just readjust and remember that I'm human being for a little bit. So let's hope we can do that for you today. So, so it's been a busy week in the news cycle. Um, we had Kronos who announced that they, and, and I'm not exactly sure how big of a deal this is. You might have a better idea of this one, but Kronos announced um, that they. Um, had record 2019 results, um, and as annual recurring revenue crossed $1 billion for them. So that was a, that was a big announcement. They put a big press release out about it. The uh, financial analysts picked this up. I got a couple of financial analysts who emailed me about this, you know, and what this you know, meant in the market. So that's definitely worth some conversation today. Um, we also have Workforce Logic acquiring engaged talent. Um, this is when we've had a lot of conversation. Workforce Logic is more of a RPO, outsourcing, and Gage is definitely a true technology, uh, one of your winners. We'll talk a little bit about that for the um, AI uh, um, organizations with artificial intelligence, um, uh, top performing organizations. We also continue to have some conversations going on about the HR tech platform Aspiring Minds that might get acquired by US-based SHL for around 80 million. 
um, worth having a conversation about. We also are talking a little bit about Benevity. Benevity raises 40 million Series C funding. For those who don't know Benevity, it is a social responsibility, corporate social responsibility platform that tracks a lot of the things that sort of get lost in the cracks in HR technology, such as um, the how employees do um, volunteerism, you know, um, giving within the organization, those type of things. Um, we also had a couple of, of uh, organizations, the whole on-demand staffing, flexible work environments, gig, you know, we, we've been talking about this for a long time. Seems that there's a large round of funding, particularly for international organizations right now. Coupel, a Zerk-owned company, raised $32 million in that space. Fountain raises $23 million for this similar. Um, they're out of San Francisco, but to transfer into gig and hourly recruiting. Uh, we also have um, the organization we talked about a little bit last week, but not a whole lot, Flex Careers. They um, adjusted the amount that they shared that they had gotten from 1.8, which it was last week. It looks like it went up to 4.5 million this week. Um, so there was probably some uh, mix up in the announcements made. Um, so yeah, lots of investment going into that gig space. And then if we get time, it might be worth talking about a, an article that came out in Inc. Uh, magazine this week, which is Delta and Ikea are using AI and face scanning to decide whom to hire. Critics call it digital snake oil. Um, it's really talking about our friends at HireVue, but it was an interesting article, and I think there's probably going to be some buzz about it. So yeah, it's a busy week. The rest of the world, as you said, when I leave, does the world keep going on, right? Well, it definitely keeps going in the HR space. So any of those topics you want to talk on right now? Well, there's there's one more thing, too, that I think is, is worth mentioning, and that is there was a Bureau of Labor Statistics news release this week called the Tenure Report, the Employee Tenure News Release. And it looks at trends by age in the in the amount of time that people spend in their jobs you know so mm -hmm. so how long does a person hold a job um, and um, what the data shows is not what you hear what you hear is that people are holding jobs for shorter and shorter amounts of time yeah um, right the job hopping is the norm and when you look at the data um, what the data says is that the amount of time a person stays with a job is a function of their age. So the older people get, the longer they stay. Um, and this starts at about 25 years old. Um, and, um, the, and so instead of this being a case where people are hopping between jobs over and over and what you have to do is be prepared for people to hop, what actually is happening is that people are staying about the same amount of time. So um, between January 2008 and today, so over the last 10 years, the length of time that people staying in men stay who 16 years and over stay in a job has gone up. The same is true of um, everybody 25 years and older. So so there's this weird thing. The government report says people are keeping their jobs longer. Oh, interesting. Um, well, they, they, and, they have an average here of 4.2 years, right? Right. Well, so, so when you read the chart, when you read the chart, that's 2008. 
the first column, and it goes out to 2018, the last column. So the average goes from um, 4.2 to 4.3. Yeah. Right? That's a net increase. Um, in a world where where every marketing thing that I've seen in, in the longest time talks about the fact that employee turnover is a big deal because employees are leaving, everybody is leaving jobs faster. And that just doesn't seem to be true. So I just wanted to, 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 to notice that the actual data says something than the marketing that you hear. No, I, I'm not surprised by this, to be honest. I mean, I think, you know, I think we broke the mold, but I don't think people are staying at, at companies for 30 years, like we may have had maybe in the 70s and the, and the 80s still a little bit. When there was even people I knew, you know, in the early 90s who had been at a single company for their entire life. But I do think we are, I don't think we're seeing people jump. You know, this data definitely, I think, gives a sense, a, a better data sense to what I have seen in my own career and what I've seen in other people's careers, which is you tend to sort of move around a lot when you're younger, right? When when you're trying to pick up new skills, you're trying to, to you know, increase your, your capabilities in an organization. And a lot of organizations don't have great internal mobility, right? Most organizations don't have the ability not just to sort of move you around, but also to give you the kind of different skills and and different experiences you need because you can't get them in just a single company. But as you get older, as you get into your 30s and your 40s, you know, oftentimes at that point, you're starting to look at, you know, stabilization of your health envir- healthcare environment, trying to look at stabilization of, you know, trying to actually accomplish something. You're, you're owning big projects. You're managing through things oftentimes, right? Or you're part of a, a team that all of a sudden you, you really appreciate being on, right? Um, so I often think that we make assumptions about how often, how long people stay in their jobs just based off of, you know, um, the fact that we think people are moving faster. But I also think we make assumptions about why people are leaving their jobs too. You know, I have oftentimes heard that you own, you know, you're leaving a manager and I've known lots of people who don't leave, even if they have bad managers, right? Because there's something else that they're able to get in that job. Um, so I think there's a lot of good research that needs to be done both in, why you stay in a job and what you're really doing with a job and what you're trying to get out of a job, that would be, I think, it's done really good research, not just asking people, are you leaving because of your manager, which almost everybody who's leaving would say that, right? So. Right, right. Uh, it's, it's an area that requires a lot of study, and if you're going to do things, this takes us right into the um, um, engaged talent acquisition Note: if, if you are going to try to predict the availability of workers, and generally speaking, we're going to have to do that because as the workforce ages, the number of workers declines, saying that, that the workforce is aging is the same thing as saying that the number of workers is declining. Um, <coughs> so... So people are going to want to understand the likelihood that somebody is going to be able to move from place to place more and more and more and more and more. That's that that'll be a big question, and that's the question that engaged talent answers. Um, I've spent a lot of time with them over the years, and it's it's a pretty interesting company that is built into the data science infrastructure at Duke University. 
Um, and they tell you, like, they'll, they'll be able to say, oh, Stacey Harris, yeah, if you call Stacey Harris, there's a, an 80% likelihood that she'll take your call to talk about a new job. And that's the the first level of the analysis that they do. They, then they have an idea of that built entirely from data that is not internal to the company. Right? So they don't know anything about your manager and they don't know anything about your performance and they don't know anything about what it's been like to be there, but they do know about all of the changes in the company, all of the stock price movement, all of the personnel changes, all of the key player changeouts, all of the new products, all of the new competitors. And so they can, they can measure, right? Cause, cause uh, whether or not somebody stays in a job, there's some factors associated with whether the company is sticky for them. And there are some factors associated with whether or not other opportunities are sticky for them. And this is a tool that predicts the balance of those two factors. Interesting. Well, and, and I know they were on your HR examiner watch list for 2019 for their, their use of artificial intelligence because it sounds like they're, they're pulling a lot of different data sets into this conversation. I, I, you know, as you're talking about this, my mind's going to the work that Workforce Logic does, and I didn't know Workforce Logic before this. I actually had to look them up and, and figure out a little bit more about what they did. Um, they're more of a sort of RPO vendor management sort of, um, you know, managed services outsourcing organization, um, which is, would generally have been a services organization prior to this. And so my head all of a sudden is going to, boy, not only would you be able to tell if someone in that organization would be more willing to pick up the phone, but I would have sense from that type of information, you would also be able to get a sense of how open that organization is also to some of the other things that they do, right? Because if it's going through that much change or turmoil or, or stuff like that going on, there's opportunities probably in there for that other, for the other things to go on as well. Oh, what a, what a great idea. I, I hadn't thought of that, but, but, but you're absolutely right. You should be able to see um, uh, sort of the likelihood of a deal <clears throat> yeah. um, at the company level. Um, yeah, you just have to figure out. You just have to figure out the twenty most interesting factors that make a company likely to do a deal, um, and then, and of course, you can measure that from the outside. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I've been thinking. <clears throat> well, so, so I haven't stopped thinking about HR tech because of the fire, but I've been freed from having to to ground my thinking in other people's stuff. I've been, I've been imagining um, an intelligence system that um, takes what the outside world sees about the company and what's going on inside of the company and creates a situation report that's the intersection of those two sets of data. Because right? that's often... It's often the hardest place when you're running an organization, the hardest place to really see what's going on is um, the difference between what it seems like inside the company and what it seems like outside of the company. And um, the, the engaged talent thing here is quite good at seeing how the company looks from the outside. Yeah. Down to how does an individual inside of the company look from the outside? And so, and so 
So it would be fascinating to see, for instance, the comparison of an engagement score and a likelihood of top management to leave score. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think, I think that's where we're heading in this market, right? Which is intelligent, more intelligent decisions require a broader scope than what we're generally seeing right now in, in, in all technologies. All technologies, you know, they, they have to pick a note in each lane, figure out how they gather data, analyze it, right? But then you have to think about sort of the next layer of analysis, which is what else do you compare it to, right? Right, and I think that's coming. You know, you know, to, to bring this back to the fires, there's a great article this week in Atlantic Magazine about how badly neglected infrastructure has become in the United States. That the, the United States is is in many places a third world country um, in the way that its electricity is distributed and its roads are maintained and its dams and bridges are taken care of, um, and um, that comes from political short-term thinking. It's much mm -hmm. easier to give a tax cut than it is to attend to getting the roads maintained. Um, and so, so we're getting ready to pay the price for that. And you can imagine that, that going forward, government and businesses might have a longer-term view of decision-making. And, and if you're gonna take a longer-term view of decision-making, um, you need better situational analysis so that you don't mistake uh, a popularity contest for good decision making. Well, that might actually be, you know, so, so our next, you know, uh, I think that the other firm that sort of caught my eye this week in their funding is this Benevity, right? So Benevity is out of Calgary, Canada. Um, they pro the provider of what they call corporate social responsibility, CSR. And employee engagement software. Um, they just raised 40 million. It's a Series C funding, so they're getting along the tooth in Series. Um, uh, their backers include General Electric and JMI Equity. Uh, the company intends to use the funds to continue to further accelerate client and cause support services um, and product innovation. They say they have about 600 employees. They plan to fill an additional 200 full-time technology uh, sales client success positions. And the software is available in 17 different languages, which is and and is uh, to an employee base of 12 million users right now. Uh, to give a sense of sort of 12 million users for the CRC to survey, we we survey what 1,800 organizations and uh, around the world, and that was 22 million users this year. So that sort of gives you a sense of how many companies they may or may not have, depending on the size of the companies. But um, this this really you know this hit me because at first I was like is this really a HR software right is they are doing things like volunteer management tracking corporate giving you know I could see something like this you know if if roads and maintenance electricity is, is considered social good social responsibility right you know would there be some connection to that down the road based off of what you're talking about right looking at the longer term thinking versus the shorter term thinking obviously things like global warming probably fall into some of this. I, I don't know, John. Is, do you see this as a as an HR software? Well, you know, you know, it's interesting. I think you just put the frame around it that changed my mind. I wasn't sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the, okay. the, the, the you, you know, you could get you could get pretty snippy about this and go, oh, oh, this is a tool that coordinates volunteer hours, um, and. Um, um, you, you know, maybe maybe that's not such a big thing. But when you when you reframe it as 
the company's capacity to engage in long-term um, participation in its communities, that's, that's, that's more likely to be something that the HR department will own. Um, I've never heard of these people. So the idea that there are 600 employees um, of a company that does this blows my mind. Just blows my mind. And and they're backed by by serious players who understand the HR tech market. And, and so so this is a thing that's going to come faster than I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. And and this this is definitely an area that, you know, I think organizations are are trying to wrap their arms around. Um, you know, there are some of the larger, I know um, uh, uh, Cornerstone has a volunteer tool built into their application that they, they offer, right? I don't know if it's free of charge or um, as part of their overall HCM package. I know as part of the HCM package, um, their wellness and their and their sort of social responsibility package, Oracle HCM has a similar sort of package that does a little bit of this, not all of it, right? Um, so it's definitely a thing that other HCM tools are seeing as, as somehow connected to what people are doing, right? Um, right. But what but what got me is forty million dollars is a big amount here. So so this is definitely something people are investing in. So that that definitely is an area to watch. I guess is a good way to put it, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so what else we got? You know you know what we didn't talk about that we should talk about Charles Coy who runs yeah. um, analyst relations at Cornerstone and has been doing it for fifteen years. I I don't know where he's going, but he's going somewhere. That's not cornerstone and not in the industry, and he is he is bidding us all adieu. And he, he is one of the bright spots of the uh, uh, industry. That, thank you for mentioning that. I got that email yesterday. I actually turned to my colleague and I was like, "Oh, this is this is this is a sad moment." I, Charles was my first analyst relations rep, like like the first um, AR person I sort of understood of what an AR person was. Um, he has been a driving sort of, I haven't called a force. He's just, like you said, he's been a bright spot. He's, um, he's been with Cornerstone, um, I think, almost since the beginning, right? Um, and he has always, I think, had such a great balance. And for those of you who don't sort of understand the analyst space, um, we have, you'd almost call them handlers is probably a good way to put it, um, we have a group of people at all the very large organizations and even the smaller organizations, sometimes it's their PR person in the smaller organizations, but who is known as an analyst relations representative. And the analyst relations uh, representative um, is the person who we communicate with. They, they get us the interviews that we need within the company. They give us, you know, make sure we get our demos and our briefings. They are the ones who put together, you know, um, uh, on-site visits or um, the opportunities to sort of talk to different engineers deeper inside the organization you know it's it's a a unique position inside organizations and it makes a difference for us as analysts uh, as to whether or not we get good solid conversations that organization or if we're just getting marketing fluff right and there's a lot of times where we get marketing fluff i would say charles is one of those who early on realized if i give access to the analyst they can not only share what's happening in the market that they can help us do better for our customers, right? And he's always stood by that. So he's that we will definitely miss him in the market. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was he he has Charles has the driest sense of humor 
of anybody I've ever met. And, and, and he is just he is just incredible and relentlessly funny. Um, and um, you, you know this is this is this is this is a world where uh, a sense of humor is necessary, but not often found. Um, and, and 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 he was a shining example of how to do this uh, while making you know he's he's the spoonful of sugar kind of guy, right? Um, yeah. Um, and 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 so this is this is we'll miss you. Yeah, the spoonful of sugar with a with, with a cherry of irony, right? Because he always was able to pull out the, and yeah, this is how it really is, right? <laughs> yep. Yes, we'll miss him. We'll miss him greatly. But wherever he's going, hopefully, it involves a little bit of rest and a little bit of time with his family. Because I know that's important to him. So so uh, we wish you well, Charles, wherever you're heading. Yeah. So, um. So yeah. So um. You know. Outside of that, you know, the only thing maybe we want to touch base a little bit on is there was this interesting article that came out about really HireVue is what it was about, but it was about the the face scanning that HireVue does Um, and Delta and Ikea using the technology, multiple mentions in this about how people said that once they started using HireVue's face scanning technology for acquisition, they were actually getting better diversity and inclusion inside their organization, but a lot of pushback on it as well. You know the HireVue team quite well. Are are you surprised by this article? Do you think this is gonna gonna have buzz, or or is this just one more of the of the sort of pushbacks on any artificial intelligence? Well, well, so so the the article in Inc. magazine is a response to the deep article in the Washington Post, and uh-huh. um, right, right. And so, so there's there's really credible journalism going on here, and um, th- th- there's there's a lot of questions. You, you know, HireVue uh, was in its inception a video interviewing company, and and even way back then, you could go, oh, video interviewing company, what kind of dumb is that? Um, <laughs> But 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 you know they made the case that you could structure it and make it logical and branded and store and 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 they created workflow around it. But they were never able to really get a hook into the market. And then they <clears throat> then they started doing personality analysis by correlating the data in video interviews with personality tests. Um, and uh, it's a sketchy idea. It's a sketchy idea, and they've worked very, very hard over the years to to reduce the sketchiness. And they're kind of a model for for the evolution of modern hire, which takes the conceptual ideation of hire view and scales it back to something that's provable. Um, and so. So this is an area where we're going to see stuff. Facial facial analysis is is with us to stay, um, yeah. but it's very early days, and it's probably not all that smart to trust it yet. No, 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 no. I'm still here. I'm just trying to process. You just said it's not very smart to trust it, but we are trusting it. So, so what does that mean? Because companies are using it to make decisions, right? 
So. Well, this is this is this this we could have we could have a week's worth of conversation about. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, you, you know, in the in the early days of computing in the eighties, people often believed whatever the person with the spreadsheet said because it came out of a computer. Um, and, and so there's this authority that's given data that emerges from a machine that I wouldn't give you if you told me in a conversation. But if if you show me a printout and it's in rows and columns, I, I'm more likely to consume it that way. And and so so you and I can I can look at you while you're talking and watch your facial expressions and, and develop a judgment of you, but it isn't worth a damn. Um, yeah. The machine does the same thing, and because it comes out of a machine, people believe it. Um, and that's a very, very challenging problem for our society, I think. So we'll be we'll be talking about that a lot over the coming years. Yeah, and we'll be watching it. And I, and I think, you know, to your point, you know, it, we almost have to do it to find out where it's going to end up. And, and it just has to require a lot of testing and double-checking and reviewing, right? Um, which it does right. seem like Harvey's trying to do in their process and all of their pieces. But like you said, it, it could end up being that we find that there are some real flaws in, in any in any process or any tool that does this. Um, or, or even if there isn't flaws, people themselves just might push back on this. Right, uh, and that might become the bigger conversation. So yeah, so it's a place to keep having a conversation about. Well, we yep. have whipped through all of these topics. Hopefully, we've gotten your mind a little bit off of your current situation, John. And next week, hopefully, we'll cross our fingers, but you might be back in your home doing the show from right. Oh, I'm sure that I will be back home next week. Absolutely sure. So thanks, and thanks for doing this again, Stacey. It was a great conversation. Thanks for listening in, everybody. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. This was our 241st episode. See you here next week, same time. Bye-bye now. Thanks, everyone. Bye.